Ephesians 4.27, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. You give no opportunity to resentment, to the fact that you don't like what's going on. You don't invite it in your life. You don't have passion for it. It doesn't take a sense of being tested to it. When you confine in it, when you talk about it, when you allow it to enter you and thought and theory and reason, it derives you, it takes you to a derogatory and it leads you astray off a path. We love to believe that every variable that we experience is controllable. It's deniable. We can say yes, we can say no. It can be righteous in act or it can be evil in passion. But we ourselves, we cannot change. We cannot change who we are, but he has to change within us. And if it's no more than the testament that we are devoted to him and we trust in him and we confine in him and every belief and every notion and every value, then we don't have to worry about anything. Yet the purest form of life itself can be found in God and can be found as the Holy Spirit enacts within you. So I'm asking you, what are you devoted in today? What are your concerns? Are you worried about anything? And regardless of what's happened, are you giving it away to somebody else or to another motion, to another expression? I found that in the, in the enactment that there are things that you can't change in this world, why would you worry about them? Why would you worry about them? For he still is the creator. He still has given you forgiveness, the, the healer, and you have the Holy Spirit. You can put on that armor of God. You can fight them battles. You can let him win the wars for you. But being devoted to things that don't get you anywhere, I'm upset that my life's not working out. It's not turning out. I'm still single. It seems like I haven't had any opportunities for any churches. Nobody's liking my podcast. I'm just not going anywhere. Stop being on that side of the fence. Stop standing at the bottom of the stairs. Climb all the way up to the top. Get to the point to where you're seated at the right hand, if you would, and thought in theory and reason, and be compassionate about it. Be devoted about it. No, I'm looking to find God today. No, it's all right. Hallelujah. I'd rather be on God's side. Even if my ration and my serving, my little bit of blessing, the light that I'm receiving today, is only a minute part and a fraction of what everybody else in the world is receiving, I still need what God's given me. It's okay. I understand. And we're so quick to lead to that mindset. We're so quick to lead our minds astray. And I think that's where it starts. That seed of implementation. For it's that mustard seed that truly changes the way that you think the seed of faith. And we're reminded of that biblically. Mark 4.31, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. But that smallest seed, the, the seed of hope, of faith, of belief, as soon as it starts growing, it spreads like wildfire. But the, but the opposition of it is the seed of doubt seed of agony and sorrow, that the true darkness seeps on in, it finds its way to you, and immediately that's the only thing that you can think about and lead about. Well, me, myself, I, I prefer to be picked up by him. I, I deliver myself to him, and I pray on it. Lord, help me, receive me, come, come into my heart, soul, and mind. Redeem me, wash me, and cleanse me of my sins and inequities, and give me strength, endurance, knowledge, wisdom, and passion to be capable of enduring these inequities that I'm embracing. Well, when I was young, I would, I would question everything in this existence. Why is this happening? I was full of questions and thought and theory and reason. I didn't even know why I was alive. And somebody told me, you don't have to worry. He's never going to give you more than you can handle. 
So I don't care if I receive that one mustard seed today, or if I receive a whole jar or, or a whole bottle of them, or any type of score or measure that you can imagine or think of. You have to dig deep within your soul because he's still there. You have to be reaching for him because he'll find you and you can find him. But the moment you let that seed of opposition, that darkness, the storm cloud above your head, you let it come into your life. You let it start destroying you to define you to be what you want it to be or what somebody else wanted to be you don't stand a chance. Remember the relevance. This world is what God wants for you. Get to a point where you can accept that. This world is what God wants for you. It doesn't mean you can't have wants. He still gave you free will, right? The expression, the ability, intimacy, substance, right? Physically, intellectually, socially, spiritually. You have every aspect possible, but you need, and, and, and you need, and we need, he needs, you need to be capable of giving it to him. Well, when you give it to him, you don't have anything to worry about. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in a sense of confinement. I have an intimate relationship with my creator and my savior. The unity and the bond that I've created with him, excuse me. I'm not going to allow you to do something wrong anymore because I'm still going to maintain my relationship with my creator. And notice how that transformation happens. You watch as there's a biblical advancement as I'm climbing the ladder, if you would. I'm hearing the trumpet sound from heaven. The excuse me. Am I doing something wrong? Now I'm relying on you for my fix, for my creator and my savior, because I wanted marriage vows with you, because I wanted to make that lifelong eternal commitment to you, and I wanted to see it go to eternity. Now that variable's been eliminated. Oh, you've been replaced by God. You've been replaced by God officially, effective immediately. And now there is no excuse me. Now it's, I'm, no, I'm going to go find God. I'll be all right. No, no, he's still here somewhere. I'm just, I just got to find him. You search deep within your heart, so and mine. You dig deep regardless of what venue, what fails, what catastrophes you face. You look and search for him because you know the solid foundation, the certainty that he can provide you. Provides the holiness, provides the gospel, the grace, the joy that you can truly proclaim. You can sing. Let the hymnals, the doctrine, the Eucharist truly live with inside of you as you breathe and take it in. Well, some of us were at different locations. We're even starting to fan the face. Whew, it's getting hot in here. I feel like I'm on live or I'm on fire for Christ. And doubt is the seed of wickedness, of the sin, of, of death, because we doubt in him. And notice how an intimate relationship, and I reference marriage, excuse me, am I doing something wrong? Is there a reason why you're not including God and Christ in our relationship? You replace that variable with, I've got God in Christ. You don't like me. You don't like God in Christ. It's okay. And you can never go wrong. You'll never feel oppressed. That seed will never be doubt. James 1.6 But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Sounds like shipwrecked. I mean, upside down in every aspect possible. Everything that you've been given, your deliverance, your solid foundation, knowing that there's a certainty that's provided by him, all of a sudden, you don't have anything to give. And, and like a ship at sail at sea, when you get tossed around by those waves in the, in the wrong direction, you don't have anywhere to go. Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it'll be done for him. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I don't think that there's a better devotion that you could actually possess. A better devotion for that what he says will come to pass. It'll be done for him. And remember the devotion. And, and when I talked to some of the elderly, right, some of the Jesuits, I guess you got what you asked for. I guess you got what you wanted. 
All along, it was no more than a testament of, I guess it was about me. How many of us can testify at the end? I guess God what he got what he wanted with me. I should be very happy. We have a different mindset. We go right back to us. Where's that mustard seed? And we take it and we put it back to him. Jude one twenty two, And have mercy on those who doubt. And have mercy for what reason? Hallelujah. Because God is still working within them. Because some of us, our faith, our hope, our belief, it needs to be shattered. The foundation that we stand on, there needs to be uncertainty. We need to be drugged through the pits of hell. Is that true? Of course it is. If you don't realize what you got, you might not be thankful for it. And some individuals, undoubtedly, you don't realize what you've got until you've lost it. Well, I've lost faith, my friends, and I've lost faith at a lot of different seasons and a lot of different occasions. But I'm here today to remind you that that mustard seed, it was given to me today, and I'm accepting it. I'm bringing it on in. I'm holding it near and dear to my heart, and I'm confessing. I'm repenting. I'm giving. I'm looking to be capable of telling other individuals, this is the mustard seed of faith that I've received. All you have to be doing is capable of receiving it yourself, and you can take it to your own level, to your own spiritual maturity, that life truly can be whatever you want it to be. I don't like resentment. Because why? It takes passion. It takes devotion. I don't like hate because you have to have a concern. You have to logically try and in some cases socially insert yourself. And I find it so hard for me to be invested in something that doesn't go anywhere. I seek eternity. I seek treasures and I seek heaven. Lord, forgive me. So I have to be invested in what's righteous, what's holy and what I believe in. Because in thought, heart, soul, mind or in thought, word, and deed, my body being the temple, the synagogue, the focal point, Christ himself, well, he doesn't want me to waste my time. And he's in approval of me. And by the way, I receive a yes from Christ every day that I am forgiven. So uh, go out today in, in your relationships, in your most intimate moments, in your doubt, yourself doubting, loafing, if you would. I'm loafing in the sea of wickedness. And I, and I have no wind and I have no oar. And I'm just floating along. And find that mustard seed. Find that opportunity to let the sh light shine within you, to brighten you, to bring you back to where you need to be. Remember, there might be individuals that tell you, I'm going to reel you back in. I'm going to get you where you need to be. I'm going to try to help you. But that's about you. That's between you and God. Hallelujah. So when you hear and have, have mercy on those who doubt, thank you for those who doubt. How come? Because your doubt reminds us of what we went through and what he did for us. They say it gets worse before it gets better. That's up to you and how you're capable of making it better for yourself. Well, God bless you. Have a very, very good day.